Welcome back, everybody, to Superman and Lois TV Talk. This is our episode, our second episode, as it is, uh, for the Superman and Lois episodes, Closer and Uncontrollable Forces. I'm Derek. I'm Tucker. Tucker, I was thinking about this a minute ago. Welcome, by the way. Welcome. 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 <laughs> Glad you could join us here at the Buddy Epson Society. That's right. Um, and kudos to anybody that got that reference. Mm-hmm. So... I know you've been on a few times, like like guested with. Well, no, I mean like recently, like on this guested with us. But mm-hmm. I was thinking tonight. I don't think you and I have done something proper, recorded properly mm-hmm. in. Oh, this over, is gonna hurt a decade. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you're new to the show or this is your first time listening, um, Tucker and I started Startville's House of L way back. Before some of you might have been born in the dawn of podcasting. Yeah. Before podcasting was called podcasting way back in 2005 on a little show called Smallville. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I'm excited to be talking about Superman and Lois with you tonight. So it's absolutely old home week. Um, Robin and Frank did a fantastic job of covering, uh, doing the play by play of the first two episodes. Uh, I was Unavailable to record because if you've been watching the news, we've had some hellacious uh, tornadoes uh, over the course of several days in the past week, and I didn't have internet for several days, so let them go on without me, and then I thought I didn't want to retread when we recorded episode three for In Cold Blood. I didn't want to have to spend time retreading on my thoughts right. for the first two, and I thought, who better to discuss with than you? Uh, I can only think of seven or eight more people, but I was the one that was available. <laughs> well, I went down the list. And, yeah. And w- once I got through Portugal, I was like, I guess I'll mm-hmm. last time. So uh, I'm glad to be doing this. So I thought maybe we would just uh, approach that. Like I said, they did, you know, the the general play by play. I thought we'd kind of talk about where our characters are this season and where we think <laughs> they might be headed as a result. I, I got to. So. Gosh. I, I felt like uh, as I was watching the first episode, just in the first maybe five minutes, yeah, like it was not the amount of time that they had said that they were going forward. Um, but I, I felt like years had passed, not just in not just in how long it had been since the show had been on, but so so much seemed to have settled and new rhythms and things not really forced but just it seemed like you blinked your eyes and a lot more seemed just copacetic and normal I mean, jonathan just grew up on us he looks oh man i can't believe how much he's aged and at that age 27 <laughs> changed daily <laughs> it, it, it just you, you you can't take your eye off the ball uh and that's a good place to start because that's right in the opening scene uh one thing I love about the show that I've really enjoyed, and I know a couple of the characters have done it, but one one constant has been Lois's voiceovers. Mm-hmm. And more often than not, they're her writing a story, and just you know, at, for the paper, and yeah. and we're getting to listen to her, but she, her her inner monologue uh, narrating, and I I thoroughly uh, enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Um, a whole lot, but we find out it's been 27 days since the world almost ended, and that as much is as much time as we're going to spend talking about season two. Apparently, <laughs> we just we don't we don't have to retread that at all. <laughs> just a just a clean sweep. 
right under the rug. And, uh, man, yeah, nobody's having, you know, you would think a lot of trauma counselors, trauma counselors and things like would have been opening shop in in Smallville. But I mean, I especially after season one and and then, yes, obviously, season two, I watched via Apple TV. So I can't speak to the CW airing, but there wasn't even a previously on on the the digital. (laughs) Now that I think about it, I don't recall. They didn't want you to remember anything that happened. no, there was one, I think maybe like 30 seconds long because they had to show, um, you know, them going out uh, to create the new fortress. So it was really just a, a, a just a tiny, tiny little bit. The new fortress that's for everybody, but completely they, inaccessible. <laughs> yes, but one one needs to. OK, so it's for everybody, but. There's only two people that can get there. Specifically, you know, just I did it for everybody. Yeah, it's for everybody. Yeah, yeah. Come whenever you want. I bought the pool table for everybody. (laughs) I know you guys don't care about it, but I'm going to use it. And you're welcome to if you want to. But it's not for everybody. Uh, Yeah, completely inaccessible. God knows where it is. I think Robin made a joke on the podcast uh, that the the Crater Lake was vast and wide these days. Yes. (laughs) That's where it is. I mean, closed. It, it's it's in an ocean somewhere. They took a boat out, I guess. Um, but it isn't Metropolis supposed to be a a harbor city? Yeah, I think uh, at least in most more recent incarnations, mm-hmm. it has been you know like the Bay Area mm-hmm. uh, kind of thing. But um, we do get an inside look at this fortress and uh, the sh- shot of the family or new family, as it were, because we do of course have a new actor playing Jonathan. Mm-hmm. Uh, that has joined us after the departure of Jordan Elsass and uh, excited to see what this Jonathan brings to the table. I wonder just watching the episode. And obviously I think that um, the decision on Jordan to depart uh, probably came a little late into the um third season into pre-production of the third season. I feel like writing was already probably underway. Oh yeah. I could go back and compare dates and, and, and and I probably should, but I haven't, but, uh, all that to say, uh, Michael Bishop joining the cast. Um, I feel like maybe it came in late and that's why he just didn't have a whole lot to do in this premiere. Yeah. I, I think that did he even have more than five lines in that episode? It wasn't, it wasn't too much. They did give him more, Way yeah, more screen time. The second one. Yeah. Um, and I wonder, and I think that was, they had more time to bring him in. Yeah. Uh, in that. And I think, I think the, I wonder, I don't, I don't know this for sure, but I just wonder if, if writing was already happening, Jordan departed, they cast Michael and just in all, all those moving parts, they had to downplay Jonathan's part just a little bit, just to, mm-hmm. just in case of what might happen. Um, but there is, you know, we do find out here at the fortress that Clark has rebuilt that, um, Laura is now the the keeper of the fortress instead of Jor El, which is something I clamored for all last season. I was like, her chip is right there. I don't understand why we're not her stone, her crystal, whatever. I don't understand why we're not automatically utilizing her in the previous fortress. I don't know why we built the new fortress. Seems, I mean, for seems, everyone, but not really. <laughs> yes, seems like 
you all can't go to the Arctic. So here it is in the middle of the Indian. Yeah. The, yeah. the Arctic's a little too inaccessible. So the center of the Pacific it, would be better. It couldn't be that far out because they, that boat they were on was not. Yeah. No, there's. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so I was happy to see that they were utilizing Laura. Um, I think that, I think that makes for some good differences than what we've had in the Superman mythos previously, because I mean, how often do we get one-on-one with Laura? Yeah. And if you think about, um, uh, you know, you, you only had, you only had Jarrell in Superman, the movie and Donner cut and the Donner cut. And he pretty much only had him whenever you saw him in Lois and Clark mm-hmm. almost exclusively in Smallville. Yeah, uh, except for when Helen Slater came along and there mm-hmm. wasn't a whole lot of, um, I mean, there was one episode and then maybe one hologram, mm-hmm. two with her and Julian Sands, who yep. I hate to say, sadly, we, it appears we have lost. I've not heard an update in a while about I that. I haven't either. Julian Sands, who played Jor-El in Smallville, was uh, lost while hiking and, and thoughts go out to his family. That's a terrible tragedy. Um, but. Yeah, outside of Susanna York in the in the Reeve films uh, replacing Brando, um, we don't get a whole lot of that. So it's good to see here, but we get this shot. You know, it's uh, it, it, this is for everybody to enjoy. It, it, to enjoy, it's for it's time to make one available for the whole family for Lois and Jordan and me and Jonathan. <laughs> like that's the longest. <laughs> Let's establish who this is. It's like he's trying to bring him into the frame. Yes. <laughs> this guy. Like, like the ellipses just kept going. Like this. <laughs> and, and and the camera's gonna hold and hold and hold and break. Um mm-hmm. but Lois does a good job at montaging us on who is where and what's where really. I mean, she she's giving an overall story and we're just getting Clips of what's what Lana being established as mayor, Kyle coming into his own as a single dad. And, you know, maybe this apartment is not going to be temporary. Maybe it's it's I'm going to be here longer than I thought I was going to be. So I should slap some paint on it. And is that security deposit. Yeah. And obviously, John and Nat uh, making their home now. Uh, their rocky roads seem to be behind them and, and making home in Smallville. And, uh, of course, Sam Lane shutting down the Smallville mines once and for all. Uh, so we can get the last two <laughs> again. Let's just turn our back on those last two. <laughs> so uh, let me ask you this, because I just, as you're saying that, I, I forgot. Isn't that the only way for anyone to get to Bizarro World? Yeah. So yeah. Tal is stuck there. Tal's there. He's gone. He'll find a way back. I'm sure he will. They'll, they'll find a way back to that. And finally, after two seasons and what, almost 30 episodes or so, we finally get Clark Kent behind a reporter's desk, uh, ready to make a living at the Smallville, Smallville Gazette. And very nice to see him and Lois across from each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, very nice to see Lois and Clark on top of each other as well. Touche. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Hello there. Immediately, immediately she rolls off of it. Did you watch She Hulk? Yes. Immediately yes. she rolls off of him, and all I could think of was that shot of her at the end with Hulk talking about Captain America. They fight. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank God COVID is over with. You know, not really. COVID's yeah. 
But thank God COVID's enough over with that they can ha- show an intimate Clark and Lois, something we really haven't gotten to see in uh, two seasons of this show, because you would think that the two of them would be going at each other a lot, and we, it appears that they are. They're in Tal's... I don't know, one of Tal's... When did he have time to get all these villas and cabins and... When he was uh, building up a billion-dollar empire, I guess when as Morgan Edge, I guess yeah. Morgan Edge's properties. Yeah. I thought there was a, there was a moment in I guess it was the second episode because it was Bruno Mannheim. Spoiler mm-hmm. alert: we'll, we'll get there when we get there. But wow. Bruno was talking about watching Lex Luthor make his millions and Morgan Edge make his millions. And I, I'm always like, but there never was a Morgan Edge. It was all an illusion. It was all an illusion. Um, but it's good to see them. I'm not being disgusting. I'm just, you know, intimate. I mean, it's good to see them being, you know, not so much of the past two seasons have been them as parents and them as parents and them as parents. And it's good to see them as, you know, a married couple that are very much in love and um, this long into their relationship, still enjoying each other. Uh, Also speaking of enjoying things, uh, Jordan is enjoying uh, learning how to fly. Oh yeah, getting better at flying. Even I mean, we saw him fly a little bit in in season two, but uh, really coming into his own and trying to show out in front of his dad, which doesn't go too well. You don't no. show in front of Superman. You don't tug on Superman's cape. I mean, that's, that's what that's I heard. I've, I've heard that my entire life. Um, yeah, I'm watching this flying sequence right now, and there's fortress and a whole lot of nothing. So <laughs> it's 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 nowhere to be seen. It's way far off. Uh, Jordan is, of course, drenched because Clark threw him in the water and he's trusting enough to go out and you get to fly home on your own. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, we're, we're, we're giving you, we're giving you, uh, some free reign a little bit. We want you to, um, you know, enjoy it responsibly. And you got to learn the planet. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I feel like there's a John Mulaney joke in there talking about parents letting their kids drink. Okay. Just a little. Mm. Just a little. <laughs> We'd rather you do it at the house than somewhere else. <laughs> um, and while he's doing that, uh, Jonathan, I guess he, Jordan doesn't need a driver's license because Jonathan, because <laughs> he's, jo- J- Jonathan's a little bit more earthbound uh, than Jordan is. Uh, Robin asked where this truck came from, and I was like, they were, they were from Tal. Yeah. Yeah. Tal gave them both trucks. Now, I don't know what happened to the other one. Maybe they sold one of them and just decided to keep the one. Kept it for parts. But, uh yeah, but uh, Jonathan's getting ready, and this is really his only big scene in the episode. But it's a good introduction to Michael mm-hmm. uh, and seeing what he can bring to the table. He's 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 not doing uh, a Jordan impression. I no, mean, they're just doing his own thing, which I appreciate. Very very separate, and um, but not so different. You know, like wacky neighbor different or anything like that to yeah. where it's off putting. It's not, it's, it's not Dick York and Dick Sargent. No. And it's just a very kind of, seems like a very kind of slow kind of uh transitional sort of thing. Yeah. And I really, I think he came into his own a lot and I, I've yet to watch the third one and I realized that's out at the time of this recording. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, I just watched it. I thought we were doing all three. Oh gosh. I hadn't seen it. Uh, you talk about it. I'll, I'll listen. Uh, <laughs> oh, you ain't gonna believe what I saw. <laughs> um, but I, I do appreciate, 
uh, what he's bringing to the table. I do love this scene because I love Lois watching somebody teaching somebody how to drive because that is exactly how Lois Lane <laughs> would react to somebody learning how to drive with her. That is how I learned. That's <laughs> just the quick cuts and the yeah. quick cuts, a lot of shouting and everything. Bread um, truck. So here's something I never considered while we're just kind of talking about where everybody is at the beginning of the season and, and getting their feet wet on everything. And, and I, I guess there was obviously some thought of this, especially last season, because that's where Nat comes into play at the, the season one finale and then mm-hmm. season two forward. Well, we see her in season one, but joining our core group here uh, in season two, I never considered Sam being her grandfather. Like, obviously, that's a, yes, that's a duh thing, but it just was kind of this, I just never thought about it. Yeah. Like, I thought, you know, when she lands in, in, in 115 or whatever that was, and then obviously 201, we, we get more into that story. There's been interaction, but it's, you know, uh, th- this is, the whole thing is very difficult because Lois is her mom on that planet. I just never considered Sam being her grandfather. So I was interested where they were going with that storyline, and then Sam just mucks it up. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's his move. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who's Are you all just getting us all to work for the DOD? Is that what his, his motives are all ulterior? So Robin had asked, I guess, you know, he, he was trying to recruit Nat. Sam was trying to recruit Nat for that junior division of the DOD. You're right. Uh, I, Robin asked, I think in the last episode, if that was the same division that the, the kid, that it, the kids were being pulled into in season one. With Maybe, Sam. but didn't they shut that down? I assume they shut that down. And then I also wondered, of course, this gets into the whole, this being it's on earth and Diggle and John Diggle and all that stuff. You know, there, there was a point in time where we were getting yet another era of our spinoff, the justice you yeah, with Diggle at the helm. And I don't think that's happening anymore. The way the CW is we've, we've been well, told in the flash ends next month that that's the end of the Arrowverse. Yeah. Cause technically this is after the reset of crisis. Doesn't that just make this, all Superman and Lois just uh its own thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Standing on the <laughs> other than the other than Diggle. Well, and the only thing that uh I heard or read about um James Gunn saying is like it's a good show. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna axe it. Yeah, I've heard, you know, we we'll see how much they've got left. People like it. I assume maybe one more season, I would hope, just in the way things are going. I don't know how much they're gonna consider this else worlds like they do Matt Reeves is Batman or uh, Joker or, you know, the Joaquin Phoenix Joker or stuff like yeah. that. I don't know, but uh, I'll, I'll, I'll eat this up for as long as I can because I love especially Tyler and Bitsy uh, just how much they have to give mm-hmm. on this show. Um, so Nat and John coming into their own Sam trying to be more friendly with Nat, but not, but it doesn't, go the way Nat wants it to. She wants a relationship with somebody. J- John's trying to open her up more to this world, you know, because there was so much, I mean, kind of just from the get go of two Oh one, we were just thrown into the whole bizarro of everything and yes. the way that escalated. And this is a little bit more of a soft, I'm not going to call it a soft reboot, I guess, but, but this is a slow start. Seems also, uh, also a little bit of a, especially toward the beginning of the episode, a little more sort of slice of life 
like just here's what's going on sort of thing rather than immediately going into plot which i like you know yeah. we just automatically kind of got dropped into that in season two um lana obviously working as mayor now of smallville after um those episodes in season two which i you know looking back just i, I was i was I was fairly critical of it on the podcast because I, I think it, it, I think it became the Superman and Lana show, uh, more than it did Superman and Lois. Um, and a lot was, a lot of dedication was given to her with the whole reveal Clark's reveal to her and everything. And, um, that's they seem to have done very well separating this because there's a scene in this episode, the first time Clark and Lana talk their conver- other than the, black mold at the school their conversation is about lois um, yes that of you know anything between them or hostility so it feels like that's been put behind this i still find it weird though that we don't know if sarah knows that clark is superman i mean we assume that we do but well nothing was ever directly said in either of these two episodes or any of the last couple episodes of season two i think they kind of want to push past that like they don't want to have the kind of sort of weird questions or just that sort of awkward thing that you know would have had to have happened. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, now I'm in the inner circle because I know. Right. Right. Uh, and, and, and it doesn't have to be addressed. Although of people getting in the know, I've really enjoyed uh, Beppo uh, Chrissy uh, having been in the inner circle. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's been enjoyable. Um, I lost my train of thought completely there. There's a Clark. Uh, here's the crane about to crash when he's talking to Chrissy and he runs off and Chrissy's like, yep, go save whatever you're saving. Go do your thing. That I, I enjoyed that. Um, of course, Clark rushes to the rescue or Superman rushes to the rescue because Jordan is there trying to save the crane and he's not doing a great job. It's time to he's trying. He's trying, but he's, he's doing his homework. Uh, heat vision is not going to save the day though. No. Nope. Uh, and this, so he, you know, takes him back to the fortress for his, for his talking to, uh, I was a little skeptical of this fortress in the finale, uh, of season two. Cause I was like, that's just doesn't feel fortressy, but there's like a nighttime shot exterior shot when they go back to the fortress here. And I was like, that's the fortress. I'm happy with that. It's cool to see it surrounded by water. It's different than, than the, the snow aesthetic, but yeah. Cause the, well, and the one, um, maybe I'm misremembering, but the, it was more of a cave from season one and two. Yeah. Yeah. Just a, opening to a cave and then you were in it there weren't there weren't the you know the the donner so it's it's a lot more classic i wonder if they got some feedback like hey we gotta work this in which i appreciate because i i like it and i hope i i assume they're going to be using it more and more Mm -hmm. uh, this season as a result um Let's see. What was I going to, uh, we were talking about the black mold a minute ago. I really liked Clark X-raying the school. It's like, yeah. Oh, yep. It's everywhere. <laughs> oh no, it's everywhere. We can put you to good use elsewhere. I want to talk to you about home inspection. <laughs> Do you have insurance? Yeah. I just want to see. <laughs> Cause you can always have more. Um, 
Lois has gotten 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 fairly deep into this um Bruno Mannheim thing. Um which is nice hearing characters like that that get used sparsely in live action, inner gang and you know, things of that nature. Yeah, it's been a while before we since we heard inner gang, unless yeah. you read the comics. Yeah. I hear I'm going to lose my street cred. Was that ever in Smallville? I feel like it was mentioned, but never. Characters, yes, but I don't think they ever said the word intergame. I was trying to think if when they used Maxwell Lord. Because they had him, they may have had. um, um, Church, but maybe I'm thinking of Superman and Lois. Yeah, that was Superman and Lois. Or uh, Lois and Clark. I know, I know um, Brian Q. Miller used Inner Gang in season 11 in the comics, and that may, okay. be, that may be what I'm thinking of. And I think he probably used that because it wasn't utilized in live action on the show. But that has taken her to Metropolis because she is uh, under the guise of Metcalf. I can't remember the name she uses because I kept thinking, was there some connection to something in the alias she used? Uh, trying to see... John's John Irons' sister mm-hmm. uh, uh, from this Earth. Obviously, we find out in the season two finale that John Henry Irons was killed. This Earth's John Henry Irons was killed by Bruno Mannheim. Uh, and allegedly, uh, allegedly, uh, Lois is trying to get more information on that, uh, and it's gone directly to the source of his sister uh, to find out more information. Uh, unfortunately, she finds out even more information while she's mm-hmm. there, or unfortunately when you get to the end of the episode, but uh, she gives real symptoms uh, to what's going on. With, yeah. To what's going on with her. And Dr. Irons is like, ah, I think you're pregnant. Uh, have you been sexually active lately? Yes, they have. Quite. <laughs> Quite. You might in fact say I've been super active. 27 days after Bizarro disappeared. Yes, we, we made, we made up for lost time. Um, uh, but he, otherwise she's not getting anywhere with Dr. Ryan. She doesn't want to talk anything about her brother. I, almost suspect. Can I just go ahead and throw out a theory? Just go. out of the hey. gate. Is she on a monopia? Is she hmm. <laughs> like out of the gate? That's where my mind keeps going. Because in the second episode, we finally hear Onomatopoeia speak, and it's kind of a feminine voice. It definitely is. Well, and and um, you get a better. There's more shots of of the character in the light in mm-hmm. episode two. Very thin framed, very yeah. uh, tall, and and then I, I'm, I hate to go ahead and I'd be like, up oh, spoilers, but I, that's my theory. I think she's on. I think she killed her brother. I don't know why. We'll find out, but I think that's what's going on. Um, where else are our characters during this time period? Sarah and Jordan still broken up. Mm-hmm. Um, Jordan's still not taking it well. Uh, very much pining after Sarah, who's coming into her own a little bit. It's cut her hair. She's. She's driving her car now. She's she's got her own thing going on, but she wants to be friends, just the best of friends. So much so that Jordan brings her a gift and she just leaves it on the table and gets up and leaves when she realizes she's got to go. That's that's good. That hurts. Young love, it stings. (laughs) I mean, 
you know, and um, I know we're going to jump around quite a bit, but yeah. there's, do you, are you getting the same kind of um, uh, almost like Clark and Lana vibe of the sort of the back and forth? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Except that we finally, you know, that, 30 episodes in, she knows the secret versus six years and And seen it from behind a wine rack hundred plus episodes. Um, yeah, I, they'll, they'll get together. They'll break back up. She'll date somebody else. He'll date somebody. It'll be a, it'll be a thing. It'll be a CW thing. It will be a CW thing. Cause if this show's about anything, it's about relationships. Mm -hmm. Um, when Lois does come back, and tells Clark, <laughs> Clark's complaining about Jordan. He's like, oh, it's going to be so much easier when they're in high school. By the way, I'm pregnant. <laughs> Can you believe we're almost done? Oh, oh God. <laughs> what did minute. you do to me? What did you do to me? And I love that that just kind of rocks his world a little bit. What? I didn't understand. He was like, I didn't think that could happen. Well, why didn't you think that could happen? Hey. That, what? They, I mean. What? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that can happen. It can. It yeah. happened once. Yeah. And then twice. Of course, my old thing, I'm thinking back to the previous uh, incarnation of these characters through crisis. And I'm like, well, you had one and magically became twins. But yeah, split you know, in two. Other than that, they split in two and aged 15 years. Yeah. Um. We do get a nice, a nice brief Jordan and Jonathan moment on the front porch. Sure, mm-hmm. but uh, um, but just a, we do get to see the brothers interact, and and that's a, that is a heavy burden for Michael because, and, and not even so much with the other characters, but he and but uh, Jordan, Jordan Elsass, and and uh, Alex that plays Jordan. Like, I, I hate to see Jordan go, but it's going to be a little less confusing talking about it on the podcast. Right. It did get, a, it get a little hairy there for a while trying to connect all that. But Jonathan and Jordan, whether it be Michael or Jordan Elsass, their dynamic has been a fantastic aspect of the series. And, and that is a credit to those actors, to the, to Alex and Jordan for the first two seasons playing them. And I, I hope we see more of that uh and and with Michael uh coming into this role because um uh, that episode where uh Jordan's possessed by um Tal's dad and he's holding Jonathan up in the barn trying mm-hmm. to kill him and you know all that like that was fantastic just the just the way they two the two of them played off each other so it's nice to see a brief little bit of that here uh with them but i i hope there, there's even more of that to come and i'm sure there will be but you know we just have to briefly get into that um in the, in, in michael's first outing as the character what else happened in this episode i remember lois and lana going out and having girls night which i've I like I like that they're friendly again because they. Yeah. I I never understood. 
I didn't understand a lot of the choices that that Lana made or the writers had Lana make last season. The anger over Clark revealing, you know, that he's been Superman all this time. I, I get that. The way she lashed out at Lois over it and said that Lois lied to her again. I, and I said this last season, it was never Lois's secret to tell. Exactly. And not only that, Hey, look, you, you, you got to understand I, I'm, I'm protecting not just me. I'm not even protecting the guy who really does not need any protection. I've got kids that, that, you know, for all she knew up till that point were just normal, unpowered, very, you know, humanly vulnerable kids. Yeah. You, you can get mad all you want to. She yeah. was doing the right thing. She was doing absolutely the right thing. I don't question Lois really ever doing the wrong thing. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I, what have you. I, 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 all that to say, I was glad to see them back on the same page. Yes. You know, 27 days is a long time. Yeah, it is. It's time to heal. Um, another good moment that Michael got as, as Jonathan in this episode during the driving test, uh, finding out the coach was, Oh, that was beautiful. (laughs) Yeah. He had to take a second job. You imploded the entire football program. Uh, now why would I need another job? Mm, That was genius. (laughs) What I love to do is later at their birthday party, he's there. Oh yeah. (laughs) It's like, who's not at this birthday party? Chris shows up. It was all, you know, all these random people are showing up. Uh, but Jonathan does pass his driving test, which is good because he's got that really nice brand new truck to drive. Yeah. It'd be a shame not to pass that. There's a shot of them, uh, outside the exterior of the, of the farm with the truck in the background when Lois and he come back from the driving test. And I don't, there's only the one truck back there. So I I do wonder if they got rid of Jordan, Jordan, the truck, sell that off. No, but so I made the kept it for parts joke, but then as I said it, do you know how often trucks get smashed up on that farm? This is true. This is absolutely 100% true. We need. I mean, if history tells us anything, it's that that truck will get destroyed repeatedly. You're, you're in, you're in good hands with all states. <laughs> are you in good hands? Yeah. Um, but we do, we, we are preparing for, uh, Jordan Jonathan's 16th birthday. Uh, hard to believe they're 16. I remember when they were zero. Yes. Uh, you know, and there was only one of them. So. You know, what have you. But the literally the entire town seems to have come out for this event. I mean, Sam and John and that were there. You expect that. They're family and pseudo family. Uh Chrissy shows up very awkwardly, giving mm. an alarm clock. Uh it's an alarm clock. You know, kids know what those are. Kyle's on the uh, Kyle's gonna take over the grill. It's good it was good to see a Clark Kyle conversation where Kyle wasn't being shitty to Clark. Um, cause we didn't get a whole lot, we didn't get a whole lot of interaction between the two of them in season two at all, but it, most of their interaction in season one was just Kyle being Kurt. Yes. Very antagonistic. Um, so it's good to see them on the same level, but I also felt like a lot of that was always, you're the ex-boyfriend kind of crumminess towards that. And then what he said to him was basically like, you left. You didn't ever yeah, come back. Yeah. Yeah. You, we, we, you don't really care for people who turn their back on the on the town. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like he's going to find out this season. 
I feel like that's going to come to fruition at some point. Well, and honestly, because of the woman he sleeps with in this episode, I feel like it's not going to have a good, uh, easy time keeping her mouth shut. <laughs> Maybe not, but it, you know, if if half the town knows and he doesn't, yeah, uh, you, you're getting into weird territory. At that did point. they write the? Did they write the other daughter off? I mean, I know she was there in the in the in the scene painting the apartment, but we never saw mm. her. I love how she just pops up once every six episodes. It's going to be a Jamie Foxx from uh, from Family Matters kind of <laughs> just gone. Goes up the stairs and never comes back down. Never comes back down. But Kyle and Chrissy kind of connect in the in the Kent kitchen over embarrassing moments. And, oh yes, you know, she says she embarrassed herself in, a, in front of a bunch of teenagers, and he's like, "I I did worse. I guarantee you." So I didn't anticipate them being. Uh, together but uh, all right we'll see where that takes us so far it's made for some good comedy and awkward moments a, mm-hmm. a share of both yeah coach is at the um is at the birthday party he does not like clark's cooking grilling he immediately spits it out <laughs> but uh at some point of course i know they show this video but at some point mayor dean is at the party too and i'm like why is george dean at least <laughs> even if he was coming to find Lana, like it just made no sense to me. What's he, he was the only one specifically uninvited. Yeah. You were the only one we didn't want here. We, you and Bizarro I told you. Yeah. Um, we do this. We do get this great, uh, montage of, uh, childhood pictures of Jordan and Jonathan growing up, which are actually childhood pictures of, um, of Michael and Jordan. That was AI. Uh, uh, Michael and Alex. Well, see, now I'm doing it. It was AI. <laughs> <What's> it? <laughs> Listen, speaking of AI, this is for the listeners. I got to say this. So last week, uh, Robin and Frank joked about uh, me joining via AI on the podcast. They didn't actually do any of that, thankfully. But later, after they recorded and were telling me how it went, they sent me actual ai me uh doing the episode descriptions <laughs> spoilers i don't care for that one bit <laughs> it sounded way too accurate oh man <laughs> i don't care for that at all did it like use recordings of you from apparently frank uploaded recordings of me and then told it what and then gave it a script Good lord! I'll, I'll play it for you in a minute. It's okay. It, it's quite terrifying. I don't. I don't care for it one bit. Uh, He's going to make you say terrible it, things. It, well, it's good to know if I can't be here this season, they they can <laughs> they can plug me in. Oh, yeah. Friggin' Terminator! Um, Clark runs off to uh, save the day. He hears something. Obviously, his little. I need a noise for that. We've never really Aquaman hearing. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I've never, never come up with a good term for it. Um, in season one, I always thought it had something to do with the, yeah, the pager. Yeah, and that made sense. Yeah, but now it's just whenever he uses it, it's that noise, and I'm like, mm, I need a term for that. Uh, he's go off to fight Adam Man, who has returned after what twenty years? I don't know how long. How long it's been? It's when he first became Superman is when we saw him fight him. Right. In that flashback episode in season two, so uh, or season one, so uh, 
he, I haven't forgot about it. Yeah, yeah. So it's been a minute. Uh, we find out he was released from jail uh, due to having an inoperable brain tumor, so he only had months to live. Um, the street they're fighting on, nobody else cares about this but me, but me. so I'm just going to share it for my own benefit. Uh, there's a building that everybody's running past. I'm like, I, I think I've been in that building. I have been in that building. So that building was used at the hotel. And it was used on the 90210 reboot that Fox did a couple of seasons ago, and they had turned it into a casino. And we shot the one of the episodes, the first episode, I think, was shot in there. Hmm. And maybe again later, and I was like, I recognize that episode. I always love recognizing stuff in Vancouver, especially stuff that was on Smallville. I'm like, oh, wait, no, wrong show. Uh, so, but yeah, Superman is fighting Adam Man, aka Henry Miller, who now has superpowers. Thought we were going to be done with the whole everybody's got superpowers on this show thing, but here's one more. Um, and they really do some damage. I mean, this is an excellent fight scene. As oh man, yeah, fight scenes go. Um, tell you what, there was some sequence now, and I'm forgetting what it was. And I know we'll talk about it when we get there in a minute. But in the second episode, that was just one of the oh. Or was it the opening? No, it was the opening to the third. I did watch the opening to the third episode where mm-hmm. Clark's having the dream. Yes. Holy crap. How much money did they spend on that? I mean, that was fantastic. Not only that, it, it answered, it answered a question that I've had for many years. So let, let's just stick to the realm of Superman and Lois. Okay. He's been Superman for, okay. We'll, we'll say, at least 20. At least 20. We, we, we've come up with at least 20 years. Okay. I, I have always wondered what sort of horrible nightmares someone with his abilities and right. all the things that he's seen over that time would have. I mean, it's, it's got to be like PTSD at some point. Right. Well, I, yeah, I don't want to get too far into it just because it is the third episode. And we're just talking about the first two. And, but, I, I, you know, I can at least address and it will tie into Lois' storyline that we find out more about in the second episode. One of my favorite Superman tropes isn't the right word, but elements, I guess, Mm -hmm. is a a powerless Superman. And not powerless in a depowered way, like not having any abilities. A powerless Superman that is, well... uh, the, the Dwayne McDuffie the monologue from when he's battling Darkseid in Justice League. I feel like I'm made in a world. I feel like I'm in a world made out of cardboard. You know, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Like I, I, I can't punch my way through everything. I can't. You know, and this is an instance of that with Lois. I can't fix what's happening with Lois. Yeah, exactly. And th- this was, and they did answer a question. Was it in the second episode or the third one? I don't recall, but. Um, you know, they're, they're really going to play the human element of this mm-hmm. all the way out. There's no, at least for now, there's no, there's no way out of just going through this as a yeah. real, real kind of part of the story. I guess I find fascinating. Well, I, I guess it's not spoiling it cause we're going to talk about it, but obviously we find that Lois isn't pregnant, that she, right. she has cancer that she, you know, that the symptoms she thought she was having, she might be pregnant. And ultimately she's got stage three inflammatory, breast cancer and i mean they are going to straight up treat cancer like a villain mm-hmm. uh, and it's you know it's something you see that heartbreak uh when when lois is talking uh, that judge off the roof in the second episode which is a fantastic 
moment. Even even the judge's name was Reagan, and that's from um, was it All Star Superman or Superman for All Seasons? I think it's All Star Superman, where Superman's on the ledge with the girl who's about to commit suicide, and her name mm-hmm. is Reagan, and he tells her, "You're much stronger than you think you are," and that's exactly what Lois says to the judge. Uh, in this episode, I thought that was phenomenal. But, um, you know, Clark overhearing Superman floating above and, and having to overhear that is just oh, the look on his face. And then, the, and then later in the second episode, when they tell the boys and he's kind of just off to himself and over on the other end of the table and, and trying to process. And again, it's just this, it's this villain that he can't tackle. He can't fight it. And it, it's going to make for it's, you know, I, 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 I got mad at it at first because all last season I was like, please give Lois a storyline. Please give Lois a story. Cause they just, they just kept left in her dangling on a whole lot of threads last season that never really amounted to anything other than Lucy. Like, and and, and even that was more about Lucy than it was Lois. Right. So I kept, I was like I, on the podcast, I was like, she's got to have something that puts her at the center of everything. And then I watched the second episode. I was like, not like this. <laughs> I didn't mean that. I didn't specify. Did not specify. <laughs> Biker. Oh, I mean, you want a lowest story? I uh, yeah, lowest story. We'll talk about that more in a minute. But but the um, the Henry battle uh, on the, in the streets of Metropolis. So when Clark gets thrown back into that explosion, mm-hmm. and he comes walking out, do you see his, his the face he makes? <laughs> He's like, mm, you messed up. No. <laughs> it's kind of that same smirk Ralph gives in uh, returns when he gets shot in the eyeball. Exactly. Yeah, it's just kind of like, mm, you must be a new in town. Oh, you forget. <laughs> oh, you're going to find out so quickly. It's cute. Um, they do some damage, though, in that fight, in, in that midair fight scene. I mean, it's not it's not Henry Cavill and, and uh, um. Darkseid or Batman? Michael, no, yeah. Well, I was thinking Michael Shannon. I was, try, I, was mm, yeah, I was saying Henry Cavill and Terrence Stamp, and I was like, no, that's not right. That's not. Um, but yeah, they definitely tear up some city. They you know? do. To be fair, and this will kind of play into a little more, uh, a little more into the ep- the second episode. To be fair, it did seem like uh, Superman is trying to get the fight away from the most populated oh yeah, yeah place yeah absolutely unfortunately he picked a very fortuitous spot yes he did um henry kind of shows remorse for what's going on because clark's like what do you, i thought you were in jail why you have superpower you know the typical superman you know <laughs> interviewing uh interviewing the villain mid-fight but you know he says i can't you know that i can't let them I can't let, I have to finish what I started. I can't give them the, the, I forget the exact wording of what he said, but basically, you know, Clark wants to know who did this to you. Like who, who gave you these powers and made you what you are. And he says, they're, you know, they're coming for me. They're going to, they're going to come after me. And I, he, I can't let them stop me. I have to finish this. So very vague, um, for the most part, but, um, their, their battle continues as the birthday party continues back in smallville nobody really notices clark is missing so that's that's good that's always you know where'd clark go uh oh there he is ran out of ice he went to get dip so speaking of moments i absolutely adored in this episode so jordan got reamed out obviously after going off on his own to try and save that crane Mm 
Yes. And, and Clark really, you know, gives him one over um, back at the fortress. <clears throat> so at the party and Jordan's talking to Sarah and he hears somebody crying out in trouble. Mm-hmm. And looks off in the distance. And he doesn't do anything about it. I mean, he, 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 know, he knows he can't. And that, I mean, it's, I, I saw a couple people kind of compare it to um, the Kevin Costner, the, you know, what am I supposed to do? Right. Just let him die? I don't know, maybe. And I feel like a lot of people took that horribly out of context. I mean, yeah. that, that, was a, that was a father trying to protect his son. Now, he wasn't telling him, you know, let people perish. I mean, that wasn't the point of that. That was very much a, a, a dad putting his son first and everybody else second. There's that. And he knew the importance of of being entirely ready and being a fully formed person. Yeah. Uh, because he knew how important that was going to be in the farther this goes along this, this season. I think that for sure, both you're, you're going to see both uh, Jordan and Clark making a lot of decisions that they would not have made under normal conditions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, but to see, I, I think Alex acted this so well uh, in hearing that that trouble trouble alert, and mm-hmm. um, and and Sarah asking if he's going to fly off, and he just says no. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't. You can't always save everybody. You can't always do everything, and it's impossible. You know that you always think <sighs> Superman always gets such a bad rap because it's always. Oh, he's too strong. He's too powerful. He can do everything. Well, imagine, you know, being that person who can hear everything and not being fast enough to, I mean, it's much like Lois with cancer. Exactly. Or, or Jonathan having a heart attack and pick your incarnation. Superman the movie, Smallville, you know, all these powers and I couldn't even save him. You know, it's that kind of thing. Be, to be able to hear so much wrong around the world and not being able to automatically fix it and having to literally choose your never ending battle um, here or there. But um, Clark's battle, Superman's battle ends up in suicide slums mm-hmm. uh, f- against Michael against Michael, excuse me, against uh, um, Adam man who gets just pebbled by uh, shots uh, of the of the bullet kind, not of the alcoholic kind. But well, but uh, <laughs> we learn later that there were no bullets. No bullets. Clark looks off and sees a masked figure, uh, which I just, I Robin and Frank didn't catch it, which is fine. I read this run of Green Arrow because Kevin Smith wrote it, and I thought it was phenomenal. So to see that this character Onomatopoeia in the flesh was so cool to me. I don't know why we're getting a green arrow character, but I didn't, I didn't think twice about it. I just thought it was amazing um, because it looks like, I mean, it's very comic accurate. Well, and if you think about it, if you have no, if you have no arrow to compete with, yeah. Why, why not? You got a whole a litany, you know, just a myriad of, uh, of, uh characters i think it's fair to as many as batman villains as arrow utilized oh yeah it's run so i thought it was pretty fair but a a cool character to see in live action for the first time ever Mm -hmm. done very well and who also seems to be able to screw with superman's hearing 
uh, a good bit because she I'm referring to her as she I'm sorry if that's I don't I'm sure it I, is I, I, don't, I don't mean to be sexist but uh, but I really I think it is a woman and I I kind of do wonder if it's Dr. Irons <laughs> we'll find uh, out at some point yeah. so um uh but you know sends Clark off on a wild goose chase looking for danger which he can't even localize he can't pinpoint it um, because it's messed with his hearing so much. Um, and I'm trying to think how that relates now. Oh, it goes back to uh, George Dean being at the twins birthday party, which was just so funny to me, but just really confronts Lana in front of everybody. He's like, you don't know what you've done with the money. Get the money back. What the money? Uh, why did you move the money? Well, I'm using that money for the school. A little fungus isn't going to do anybody any harm. I beg to differ, sir. Yes, it will. <laughs> It's not any worse than the asbestos that's in that school. I didn't say that. I gotta go. Don't worry about the asbestos. Um, we have we have ways around that. Don't worry about that one bit. Um, that little guy. I wouldn't worry. About mm. That's immediately what I thought too when Henry got shot in the alley and there weren't. Hmm. Any I was like that little guy. I wouldn't worry about that little guy. Don't worry about that little guy. <laughs> Good enough uh, for me. Dean is mad about this missing money and that was in a. I don't know, hidden bank account that somehow he knows has been moved. Um, so what do we, what do we think about that? I mean, we, we see more about the second. I feel like, um, I feel like it's probably connected to, uh, I don't know if it's connected to Mannheim specifically or because, but considering, who goes after him? I have to think it is. Yeah, possibly. I, you know, you, then you think, well, what does Smallville have to do with with Mannheim? But yeah. well, but here, here's the thing, though. Well, we're not talking about episode three yet. Yeah, yeah I hadn't gotten there, so I don't know. E- even so, um, one one does not stay the mayor for quite a long time without there being something up. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah. You There's no lifelong mayor. You don't just keep getting reelected unless no, unless you're in it to something. Um, I thought it was kind of suspect. We get back, Clark gets back from the party, and oh, they get the Hawaiian shirts. That's what happens. They open <laughs> yeah, they're like, yeah, they're great. Um, just got to wear them once. Of course, they go off to you know have super sex again, but. Clark never mentions this that that it's Henry or that you know the missing bullets or any of that. That doesn't get brought up in the league. That's fine. We're we're gonna have sex. Speaking of having sex, here's Chrissy and Kyle, who have also done the horizontal Smallville. The walk of shame. And, well, she doesn't get to do the walk quite just yet because as she goes for the door, there's Lana with the divorce papers. So awkward situation upon awkward situation but um do you think they'll have them get back together this season do you think that's the thing that this is their their road their their arc that will ultimately bring them together again maybe but at the same time when you go back and look at eh, even just season one like before before everything kind of went down they they were clearly not um, in the healthiest of no. relationships. No. 
So, you know, just, uh, you know, I, you, you, you break apart and you find out that, Hey, there is a normalcy and there's not somebody that I'm, you know, constantly in a, in a battle with. Right. It's probably going to be a healthy thing for both of them eventually. But the one thing that I can say is if, like we were talking about earlier, one, one knows that the world's greatest superhero dwells among them. The other is entirely oblivious. Yeah. And when that, when that bomb is dropped. Yeah. You know, and I have to think just from his past anger issues, that's not going to fly well with him either. No pun intended with Kyle. No, but what's he going to do about it? Yeah. Nothing. Nothing. Um, When we do get back to the Gazette though, Clark has told Lois more about Henry Miller, which is when she finds out he's been released from prison three months previously due to a compassionate release due to a brain tumor. So um, he's been on the streets for a while and is just obviously is now, well, deceased again. I don't know. We'll talk about that in a minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, you'll appreciate this, though. So Chrissy comes in from the walk of shame, very frazzled. And they're like, what's wrong? Nothing, nothing. How's the mold story? I heard mole story. <laughs> I was like, mole story. Mole? Mole. Mole, you say? Mole. That's a Smallville favorite, a shoe favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, we do in the episode, uh, well, almost in the episode with Lois finding out that she is not pregnant and we'd like mm-hmm. Dr. Irons and we'd like to have more conversations. Now, we'll talk more about that in the second episode. Now, in the depths of Metropolis and suicide slums, we assume, uh, I did love that it was through a uh, subway tunnel. It was very Superman, the movie. Oh, episode, yeah. Like, uh, like Lex's uh, lair down there. Uh, we see a uh, a doctor, uh, Mr. Orr, uh, a Bruno Mannheim, Onomapia, or down there, somebody else, I can't remember, and Henry Miller on the table who is dead. Quite uh, dead. Quite dead because Onomapia shot him, presumably before he could tell Superman anything uh, about what was going on. Because uh, as we find out more in the second episode, she seems to be running this operation quite more yeah. than Bruno does. Well, because I feel like there's going to be something revealed that she just needed Bruno's resources for. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. I'm just interested to see how this is all going to play out together, especially if she is who I think she is. Hmm. Um, I really like this Bruno, though. I forget the actor's name. I know he's done a lot of things. And I apologize for not having that in front of me. I'm not. I've since COVID. I'm terrible with names. I, my internal IMDb is just shot. Uh, I can be watching an episode of Law and Order now, and I'm like, I've seen this person, but I have no clue who they are. I don't uh, think that's COVID, man. That's happening to me too. That, that maybe age. I don't know. Twins, COVID, getting old, it all happened at the same time. So I'm not really sure. Uh, but we do know, find out that Bruno uh, has, a, and Bruno, not Bruno. Bruno's the one telling us that Henry's already died once, at least once, and that they're reviving him. He's flatlined on the table right now. Revive him again. And he tells Onomatopoeia, we're getting closer. Which was the name of the episode. Yes. That's why I have to become Superman for the quest for peace. So that's why they called it that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so a lot packed into what was not, didn't seem like a packed premiere. Um, but By the end of it, it was. They really stubbed it, it in in the yeah. last half. 
Uh, going into the second episode, we are treated to just the most heartbreaking of cold open montages ever. As it's and no no voiceover, no nothing, uh, no dialogue whatsoever between our characters. As Lois is meeting with Doctor Irons, and um, we do find out just through straight up imagery that that things are bad. I mean, man, my heart was breaking. My God, she played so well. Like if you had told me three seasons ago, Bitsy was going to be my favorite Lois. <laughs> I won't call that until this series is over. And that's not a discredit to Bitsy. I just feel like that's, that would be discrediting everybody else. If I, didn't. yeah, you have to look at the compendium. I didn't give her. Yeah. The, the full benefit of the doubt, but you know, I love, there's not been a Lois that I haven't. I mean, even, you know, I know people love to hate on Kate Bosworth. Um, I thought she did a great job for yeah. for what that movie was. Yeah, and of course I love that movie, and I will defend it to my dying breath. Um, I watched it the other I day. Love, I, I did too. I love uh, I love Amy. I love obviously mm-hmm. America. I love. I grew up watching Margot and Terry. You know, and so um, the lovely Noel Neal. She she has done things with Lois that we've never gotten to see a live action Lois do before, and now obviously even more so um, with this storyline. She's gonna she's gonna break our hearts left and right. Uh, I can already tell you, but there's just all these shots of her just being so distant in the midst of everybody else being present. You know, they're at Victoria Mays and Clark and the boys are laughing, and there's that shot of her through the through the window, and she's just not not present. Um, Clark cuddling up in, to her in bed. I thought I had to go back and look. I think they switched places, which I don't know a lot of married couples that do that. But, mm-hmm. but you, you plant your flag. I think in season two, she was on the opposite, the other side of the bed, and he was on the other side. But I may be wrong. But trying um, something new. We do find out that that obviously she does. I mean, have something bad, and you know, we don't know what at first. And it takes a while throughout the episode for her to finally put a name to it, that it is the inflammatory um, breast, the stage three breast cancer. Um, and we'll get there. And, and, and obviously we've, we've talked about it a lot already and I don't know how much more of a, of a fine point to put on it other than, you know, we, we did say, I think it's going to be a real, her own villain, her own personal villain, in the story, you know, we thought it was going to be her chasing down Bruno Mannheim, but it's really going to be cancer chasing her. Um, did I hear a cricket? Possibly. That ha- usually <laughs> when I talk. <laughs> that almost always happens. That was terrible timing. <laughs> was did you pause cricket? Was it or was it fantastic timing? I don't know. Uh, so the boys are out of school again. I feel like this happens a lot. I feel like it happened in season two a good bit too. That, that you know, class Just, got canceled and there's too much mold in the school, so we can't go to school. I bet there's something up with that too. The mold? Yeah. Why not? I mean. That's Bruno's fault, too. It's where, this is where they cross over with The Last of Us. It's George, it's George Dean's fault. He put the mold in the school. Um, I liked seeing more of Sarah and Nat's friendship in this episode. There was, the, there was almost a brief time in the first couple of episodes of season two that I thought they were going to kind of have a relationship that they were kind of pushing in that direction and obviously they didn't um but I, i've enjoyed seeing their friendship grow and 
I mean, they seem to be the best of friends uh, in this episode. So much so that that Sarah wants to, you know, Nat hasn't had a lot. Obviously, we talked about that with the last yeah. episode with with you know um, Sam, you know, playing granddad but doing a you know piss poor job at it, and 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 John's trying to push her into doing more things uh, and opening up her world a little bit now since this is their permanent home um, with the destruction of their own Earth. Oh yeah. And um, we see Sarah doing that now. And again, I, I guess it's uh, well, no, I mean, we see it more. We, we do get a definitive discussion right here that she is aware that Natalie is from another earth uh, and her knowledge of that. Um, so. Yeah. They, God, they just kind of downloaded her with everything. Yeah. Yeah. You had to get. Had to get caught up uh, off off Screenville, as we used to call it. She's probably got a key to the fortress. <laughs> it is for everybody. Who doesn't? Who doesn't? Um, but uh, you know, she's trying. She's like, what? Um, you know, what? Did did were there any boys you liked on your plant on your Earth? And what if he exists here too? And lo and behold, he does. He uh, goes to Metropolis High, uh, and then is the doppelganger of the one that Nat knew on her earth. Unfortunately, he's a douche. So we don't, we don't care too much about him. And she sizes that up as soon as she gets there. Uh, you know, automatically hears him talking about his car. And, uh, so when she infiltrates the party that Jonathan and, uh, <coughs> excuse me, Jonathan and Jordan also infiltrate. Like some pros. Yeah. Excellent. Roll up. And um, I thought it was funny that not only have we recast Jonathan, the Reagan from season one was also recast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we're just. <laughs> it's called shuffling the deck. At some point, every person on the show will be recast <laughs> by the end of it. Um, we'll bring yeah. in. Um, what was the guy's name? The other guy from Nip Tuck. He'll be the new singer. Oh, uh, uh, not Dylan. Yeah, Julian. Yeah. McMahon? Yeah. Yeah. Was that, is that his actual name or was that his character's name? I can't remember. Uh, I watched that whole show and now I can't remember. We'll just call him Dr. Doom. That's fine. That's what he was. Um, I do really like seeing Clark and Lois get to be reporter Clark and Lois. Um, mm-hmm. There was that one episode, like we said, in season one where... um we got to the flashback episode where we got to kind of see them team up on stuff. And obviously they've teamed up on stuff in, in the last two seasons, but story wise, uh, getting to be the old school lane and Kent that they are famous for being at the daily planet. Um, um, they've gone to, uh, find out why this judge that we talked about earlier, judge Reagan, who let, um, Henry Miller out early that what was her reasoning for that? Um, because he was supposed to die and obviously he didn't or he did, but we don't know that he did. Um, but Clark is very distracted or Lois is really distracted. This whole episode, Clark is wondering why Lois is so distracted. He thinks, you know, she's made up some story that she met Sam that morning, um, for breakfast or something, I guess. And, and he thinks that's why that, you know, he dropped some news on her or something. And that's why she's, not present. And obviously it takes up until Lois talking that judge off the roof because she's about to kill herself over this whole Henry Miller thing. And, and Lois talks her down and that's when Clark finds out what's really uh, been going on with her all day. 
And it was an interesting scene because he's, you know, he's on on television. He can't like have the kind of emotional sort of, you know, super scream that he wants to do. Yeah. And just has to kind of play it very cool. And now that you say that, I, I, I thought back, um, I watched the episode this morning. So when, when the cops take the judge inside and Lois is like, I'll be in a minute and Clark lands and they embrace, mm-hmm. there's a security camera right there pointed right at them. Yeah. I was like, mm, is that going to come back to yeah, at some point? I felt very much like Clark saving Lana and, and Lionel having the picture in, uh, in Smallville. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, is, that, is Bruno man, I'm going to get a copy of that, uh, that and see the two of them embracing. Maybe, but you know what? So we haven't, we've kind of glassed over or we were going to talk about it at some point, but while that whole, like, so there were two scenes going on at the same time with that judge and, uh, and Lois. And then I, that very much whiplash of cutting Delana and John in the middle of all that too. Yeah. Yeah. And and so, but the, the scenes between or the scene between, uh, Superman and, and Bruno Mannheim, I thought for sure when they first introduced him, at the end of uh, episode one mm-hmm. that it was just going to be this, you know, one note super villain sort of vendetta sort of whatever's going on. But yeah, you know, obviously with any kind of nefarious character, you can't trust a hundred percent of what's going on. But when you hear that scene played out between him and Superman, it was not a, a sort of a showdown, I will destroy you, or you got nothing right. on me, man, right. kind of thing. Right. But it looked like it was going to be. It went into some really some interesting places. Very different dimensions than we, we what we would usually get from a Superman and Lex standoff on a balcony or, yes. you know, anything that, that happens previously, like you said. Um, yeah, there was, there was some dynamics there that I really want to see. You know, he's very protective of, of, um, well, suicide slums. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that kind of what he, the hand he has, and it's kind of like the kingpin, you know, yeah. Hell's Kitchen, you know, that that kind of thing of 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 suicide slums. So, although it's not called, it used to be called suicide slums. Uh, he, he he makes mentions because people were at the end of their rope; they were hopeless, and you know, you he tells Superman, "You've never done anything but put out fires. Like mm-hmm. I never saved anybody here." And I mean, you know, Superman's taking, I mean, he's taking all that in as he's giving it to him. It's a really, yeah. it's like the, all the scenes between the two of them. And I'm, I'm anxious for more. I'm um, really good because it's obviously two people who have also stood in front of each other and traded barbs before also. Yes. Um, you know, that's the, you know, tells him to get out and never come back in my house and stay out of my neighborhood and, you know, that kind of thing. So, uh, I'm interested to see the dynamic moving forward with that. Um, there's another moment that I wrote down. Oh, so jumping back when they are waiting on the judge to come in and Mannheim's goons come in to escort them out. And, you know, Lois is very much, don't, you know, get your hands off me. And Clark's like, ah, oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Went full Clark on that. Yorkie Clark. Yeah. Gotta love it. Yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I, lo- I love his Clark so much. I really do. 
I think I think he has done. He's gotten to do, and I, I, I say this like a broken record on the show. He's gotten to do something we've never really gotten to see a live action Clark do before, and that's be Clark, be Superman for a long time. Mm-hmm. Most every time we get that character, it's always origin story. You know? Yes, excluding I guess Ralph, even though that was Ralph's first and technically only outing. If you don't include Crisis on Infinite Earth, I do. But yeah, I do too. But um. You know, getting to see somebody who's been Superman for at least two decades, uh, and get to watch him play that role has he's done phenomenal at it. I mean, mm-hmm. Tyler and Bitsy have just knocked it out of the park time and time again on this show. Um, so what all happens at the party? They they play beer pong, but it's water pong. Mm-hmm. And Jordan, Jordan, and Sarah kick the dude's ass that it's his party that Nat had the hots for back on her Earth, but he ended up being a douche on this Earth. This was a very CW episode. Oh man, of, <laughs> of the show. Is it ever? This was the OC. Um, Natalie meets a new guy, Mateo, who I think will come back into play. Uh, at some point of the season, Jonathan reconnects with Reagan again, not our original Jonathan, not our original Reagan, but, uh, they share a kiss and John's like, Nope, I have a girlfriend. Um, even though she was only shown briefly in 301 and didn't have a speaking line, but still there. Um, I guess that was pretty much it. Other than obviously it comes, it comes to a, head with the dude being a complete dick to Sarah yeah, and her throwing the beer in his face and them exiting quickly. But then Jordan goes back and pulls a little, uh, a little Smallville Clark Kent and, uh, Oh yeah. That was some screws. That was some classic. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Yeah. I would call it more of a, more of a staple of a young Clark Kent. He even does it in man of steel. You that, that trucker at the diner, he, uh, he slams his, rig through a telephone pole or a telephone pole through his rig. Uh, and then obviously in the Smallville pilot, Clark takes Whitney's and everybody else's uh, from the football team's trucks and piles them up. Plays a little Jenga. Mm-hmm. Depending on the version you're watching. Uh, Cause in a lot of the, in a lot of versions of the pilot that gets cut out. What? Uh, yeah. I don't even think it's in the Hulu version, syndicated version. It's just, uh, yeah, it's one of those that gets cut out for time. Um, let's see, what else have we got in this one? This was a, a, just another stacked episode, really, uh, and not really in terms of um, effect-wise. I mean, in some instances, obviously, the big two were were onomatopoeia killing. Uh, I wonder if they'll ever actually say the name of the character or not. I don't, I don't know if it's just that or or. If, I mean, Bizarro was never really called Bizarro, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, But um, she kills George Dean in like the second scene of the episode, who is calling Lana to tell her that he always cared about the pride of Smallville. And I was with Robin and Frank in the last episode. They were like, wasn't that what they kept calling Martha in season one, the pride of Smallville? But I think she was the best of Smallville. So, I have to go back and watch that one. Yeah, I think I think the I think the bench they dedicated for even calls her the, the is Martha Kent the best of Smallville. Um, 
but this storyline gets us a little bit closer on the whole John and uh, Lana pairing, which is kind of what drove Kyle to Chrissy in the last episode. And they kind of started hinting at it in season two and then dropped it. Yeah. And then picked it up again. So I don't know if that's what will end up be going, but that would be it's interesting because then that would make Nat and Sarah sisters, you know, if they were to ever get married and then Nat's mm-hmm. already kind of a sister to Jonathan and George, it's all, it's all very incestuous, uh, other, otherworldly incestuous. <laughs> it's getting into as the world turns really yeah, days of our Smallville. Yeah. Um, but they go to investigate John and Lana go to investigate, uh, what the pride of Smallville means, and there's a, a seal. What would you call that? Yeah, the city's the seal. The yeah, seal, that's yeah, it. That that uh, jump drive is hidden inside of, right where the the pride of Smallville line is written toward the bottom. Almost called it a coat of arms, but that's not right. Um, but we don't get to find out what it is because as soon as they put it in the computer, the automatically an earthquake starts, and here comes Onomatopoeia. Mm-hmm. Um, out of nowhere, uh, and destroys the, gives them both once for, uh, and Lana even says, this is the same noise I heard, you know, when, when George was killed on the phone, I think Kyle even says killed, looked like he was killed with a shotgun, but there's no, no pellets. Same, same as, uh, Henry Miller. No, but it looks like he was, he was shot buckshot or, or what have you. But, um, I bet all that stuff's on the cloud. It's fine. Don't worry about that. Oh, yeah. They uploaded that somewhere. Who uses a jump drive anymore? I mean, really. We faxed it to your office. <laughs> it was all of his crypto. It's fine. It's, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's all of his Bitcoin. That's why she shouldn't listen to Matt Damon. But uh, it automatically gets destroyed um, as she completely wrecks Lana's office as well. Is anybody else in the office on this day? Nobody? Did, okay. No help. I got it. No help whatsoever. Um, I as as the episodes go, I thought this was a much stronger outing than the pilot because you need uh, the the premiere. You needed the premiere obviously to set the deck. Uh, yes, with, with where we're going, especially with Lois, because this was her, you know, turning point, finding out this information and and telling it to Clark, and then ultimately telling the boys, uh, boys, um, about it there at the end. And I loved how they did that with her, with just the, the audio uh, kind of, you know, mirroring the, the beginning of the episode with the, no, with the no dialogue, just she's explaining it and it just drowns out, uh, after Clark, you know, tells them. Uh, and it made it more, which I feel like they've said before, we're going to handle this as a family. Yes, but it, it made it that much more powerful. Uh, as I was watching it. Yeah. I mean, Felt a little, little yeah. tug. Yeah, I mean, it's hard not to, and I just, and, and of course, they're walking in instinctive, instinctively, thinking they're about to get grounded because. Oh yeah, they're late. It's way past sunset, and uh, they're they're coming in. They, they were supposed to be in there before, before nightfall. Um, but uh, you know, they they don't come into that. They come into some horrible news, uh, and immediately both go and embrace their mother. Mm-hmm. Uh, as soon as they find out. So um, I'm sure episode three gives us more of Lois' story. I'm excited to watch it. Just have not had a chance to yet. Like I said, it was without internet for several days. So 
was behind on watching the second episode as well. So I will say you will get you will get a little frustrated. Oh, but there's good reason. Okay, so take take that and run with it. Um, we do get a scene with Bruno and Onomatopoeia talking as Henry Miller lay on the table yet again uh, to be revived, and uh, Mannheim tells him no. Onomatopoeia tells uh, Mannheim that John Henry Irons is alive in Smallville because mm-hmm. she just saw him there in the office, and Mannheim says, "But you killed him." Um, obviously not, or not this one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I thought that was interesting that Onomatopoeia was the one that killed him. Um, uh, and not, you know, Diggle told us that Mannheim killed him, uh, in the finale. So, well, interesting. It's, it's hard to tell who's in whose employee. Exactly. Exactly. Um, uh, we're not entirely sure at this, at this And it's a little weird being the public face of a crime syndicate that only allegedly exists. Yeah. But maybe he's just the puppet that you don't, I don't know. Well, they even get that, that, that question. Superman poses that question to Mannheim, you know, about inner gang and, Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, he didn't deny it, deny it. Uh, but, uh, Interested to see where that goes again, just two great episodes and kind of just stark contrast to what season two, which I thought started strongly, but just kind of felt just, just started kind of meandering there toward the end as we focused more on Lana than we did Superman and Lois and the, and the whole Allie Alston thing, which just kind of fell apart for me Uh, right up till the end. Right up till the end, which, which I mean, they were covered. I, I said it on the podcast, and I'll still say it again months later. They, they made up for it with that finale. Mm-hmm. Um, they, but it's still hard to watch a show about Superman and Lois and it not be about Superman or Lois for the this most. Is not part. what I paid for. Um. So, if let me ask you this, then we'll wrap up. If if Mannheim, if Mannheim's working for Anomapi, if Anomapi is working for Mannheim, whatever the case may be. Whoever is in charge, somebody is in charge of them. Don't you, mm. don't you agree? That's always, that's what I feel like. I feel like that that's going to be tied into our other uh, villain reveal. Yeah. However, however, mm-hmm. uh, there's a chance that that's kind of like a side hustle that we're seeing. May not be tied into the full picture, maybe separate. I don't think that would be good writing if that's the case. I think it all needs to be interconnected somehow, but um, there's a something, man, it is so rare when I have an episode ahead of you, there's something you got to see in, uh, in, uh, in episode three um, that it's not that it ties to that. It's just, it, it, it feels like there's way more, Way, 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 way more to it than than they're even letting on. Um, like a, a massive operation. I mean, I think the natural assumption is Lex Luthor. I would say so. Um, knowing knowing that, yes, Lex is coming to the show. Um, not going to be John Cryer, unfortunately. I was really hoping for that because I was hoping mm. to see Cryer play him just straight up evil and not 
goofy evil, which I like this goofy evil. It was a good, it was a good kind of Hackman Rosenbaum amalgamation kind of thing he was doing, but I wanted to just see him play straight up evil Lex. Um, because we never got to see him with Tyler. And I right. really wanted to see that. They literally stand in the same room in crisis and don't even speak to each other. It, it infuriate the whole, that whole aspect of crisis still infuriates me. Um, but whatever. Um, we do know Lex is coming to the show, uh, played by Michael Cudlitz. If that's a spoiler at this point, I'm sorry. I don't really feel like it is. We're three seasons into a Superman show. Lex Luthor has to show up at some point. Uh, I'm saddens me to say as much as I'm looking forward to Michael Cudlitz, uh, uh, performance and, and, and seeing a new Lex role. Uh, my good friend, Brian Austin green was asked to audition, uh, for the role. And I, much to my chagrin <laughs> did not, did not get it. Oh, I was not happy that day. I tell you <laughs> when I found that information out, just have to be metallo. Yeah. Yeah. Bring him in, yeah. Bring him in as metallo again. Yeah. Uh, I was like, Oh, two Superman shows. What are the odds? Um, yeah, I was very excited about that, but well, so, such as it is, we don't, uh, we're not getting that. Uh, but we are getting Michael Cutlets, uh, who has got a huge uh, uh, resume on shows like The Walking Dead. I remember watching him. What was that cop show we watched that he was on? Cop show? On TNT. You and I watched it, maybe only like one season of it or season two. Uh, it was him and uh, what's his name from Gotham that played Gordon? Oh. Southland, yes. Name of it? Okay. Yes. Pulled that out of nowhere. I I loved him in uh, in Band of Brothers. That's where I'm. Oh yeah, he was in Band of Brothers too. Big time. Um, he's rocking the bald look. We've seen one picture of him from Entertainment Weekly. He's bald, but he does have uh, quite the ginger goatee going mm-hmm. uh, in the picture. And it looks like he might be in prison fatigues. Looks like he's in a prison jumpsuit in the picture. Not sure. He's every, the- every, yeah, he's running the show from inside. Yeah. Every Lex reference on this show has been extremely vague. It's just been some passing reference to a person named Lex Luthor, who we're all supposed to know who he is and who has a history with Superman, but we don't know his whereabouts. You know, for the longest time, we were just assuming because they were using him so heavily on Supergirl. And then maybe when that ended, we'd see him come into play here, which is what happened. But, Cryer, and it makes me wonder because Cryer has gone on to another show, and I wonder if had he not, if they would have utilized him, um, like they. I don't know. Like they, I don't know. The only thing I could think of that they could possibly tie in as to why you haven't seen him up to this point is if he's really been just serving a sentence. Mm -hmm. You know, if you if it's not like you would have in a in an origin story where they're kind of having their sort of first clash or even their second or third clash, you know, like in um, uh, Superman returns, Mm -hmm. this has been an ongoing thing for two decades. Well, maybe he finally pinned something on him that stuck. That's one of the reasons I got so excited about um, Cryer. The the concept of Cryer is because, and it, it surely would have been different here with the reveal last season that this is a different Earth. Mm-hmm. But that the Supergirl, Lex and Clark, 
we're friends. Well, I, sorry, the Superman Lex and Superman, or the Supergirl Lex and Superman were friends. You know uh-huh. that the, um, uh, uh, Kara talks about how how they were friends, and ultimately, you know, Lex turned on him. Um, so it's another reason I'm just mad that I never got to see their dynamic together because I think it I think it would have been really interesting, and I think Cryer. I mean, Cryer, Cryer's Lex was the best part of Supergirl to me on mm-hmm. a very on a very uneven show that I that I gave up on and started back up again and gave up on and and was kind of off and on toward the end. Uh, he, you know, and having his Otis and his Miss Tess, Tess Mocker and you know all all those things that they they he had fun with it. They had fun writing it for him, and and he did. A phenomenal job and just the legacy casting of it too from him being Lenny and mm-hmm. four uh, is fun but uh, alas it doesn't seem like we'll ever get to see that so only in uh, your dreams only in my dreams but always excited to see somebody new take on a role uh, obviously we're getting a new Lex here soon we'll probably get a new Lex again with uh, James Gunn's new Superman legacy film coming. I can't imagine them not having Lex uh, in that film. So we'll have a new Superman actor and Lex Luthor actor there. So um, I always, I always like seeing what new newcomers bring to established characters from the pages of DC comics that we've come to know and love. Um, we've all got our favorite Lex Luthers. We've all got our favorite Lois's and Clark's and um, I always like being able to reshuffle my list a little bit when somebody comes in and, and does something new and, and I like you a little bit better than I do this person or not quite as much as I did that person or they did this and I need to make trading cards. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it's magic. The gathering. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I see your Rosenbaum Luther and I'll raise you uh, Hackman. Um, so it'll Hackman be plus four. It'll be interesting to see. I don't. I don't think they've said yet when he um, gets pulled into it. But I got to think that he's in the in the background of what's currently going on. In, in yeah. some regard. Um Also, because we're two episode, well, three episodes. I don't know if they mentioned the third one, but he gets mentioned in episode one and episode two of this season. Whereas I think he's been mentioned maybe twice on the show, mm-hmm. uh, not including the references to Captain Luther. Uh, in the first few episodes. Yeah, that that little MacGuffin. Yeah, that MacGuffin of, of John Henry Iron stealing his suit, his power suit. So thank you for joining us. Uh you can find us uh online always at Superman TV Talk dot com. Uh we're on um uh all the social medias. I think Instagram is still Starkville House of L. Uh on Twitter it's uh Superman TV Talk. Uh, and you can email us, uh, from the website as well. If you have any, anything you want to read to us and then looking at the website now, we need to update that header because it's still got Jordan Elsass. We work to work to be done there. So, uh, appreciate you, uh, tuning in for two episodes, about four episodes, um, because we, uh, Robin and Frank again, did a fantastic play by play last week of the first two. And then, uh, again, wanted to. Also wanted to talk about it, but didn't want to take up a whole lot of time uh, when they had already delved into it. So I'm excited to do it with you, sir. Absolutely. 
And uh, they covered spoilers last time, and you've already seen episode three probably at this point, so no point in talking about spoilers. We will just see you again when we discuss episode three on the show. Until then, have a good evening. Bye, everybody. <laughs>